Welcome to We Are Homeless, the podcast that explores the hidden world of housing alternatives and solutions in the Bay Area. My name is Adam Garrett Clark, and here in the Bay Area, we are homeless. The moonlight sleeping on a so there's this beautiful place just north of Oakland, right on the Bay Waters. Originally, it was wetlands, but in the 60s, it became a landfill for construction materials. Fast forward to the 80s, and lawsuits put this out-of-the-way strip of land in limbo. Police didn't want to go there, and people who didn't want to be police found themselves there. It developed into a magic place full of graffiti, sculpture from reclaimed materials, and homeless people that found a place they could make home. It became known as the Bulb, the Albany Bulb. There, there was audio tours that you could take there. Uh, I, I heard about it. I, I considered taking dates there, but I never actually got around to it. The group who lived there, they, they called the place the Landfill. And they were known as the Landfillians. And they developed makeshift shelters. They constructed a communal kitchen. They even had a lending library. And they looked out for each other. There's a great documentary about all this called Where Do You Go When It Rains? You can find it on YouTube. Uh, but fast forward to 2014, the city of Albany forced everyone to relocate. It became just a place for joggers and dog walkers. Um, and... One of those la longtime landfillians became my neighbor. Uh, so I'm very excited to share uh, our conversation and her perspective with you right now. Her name is Casey. Um, all right. Paul? Somebody sing. Somebody sing. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Casey. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. And, uh, and thanks for inviting me into your home. Um, and uh, I wanted to start by talking about what you're doing right now um which you mentioned is part of the voice that you found um yeah. and and uh something that really works for you uh maybe I, you could explain, I explain that now that i'm getting older and you know that really all i want to do now is make beautiful things that's all i want to do <laughs> and plenty added to the ugly right you know everywhere you look plenty added to the ugly i just want to make beautiful things so i do and now, finally, with the beating is, somebody said to me one day, they said, well, it's just one beat after another on the string. Well, I didn't like that. It sounded like I was, I was going to be a child, too, you know? So now, now you'll notice that I don't do one beat on the string anymore. There's, they have all kinds of shapes and sizes, and there's nothing symmetrical, and everything's out of sight. But I like flowers and the leaves. It's all, I try to make it more like nature. A little more, had a, what did the guy in the... I recently read the book on the chaos theory. He said, randomness is the is, is the normal. You know, those things that we think shouldn't give us exceptions to the rule are the rule. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like to think about that stuff a lot. Chaos and order and... Yeah, and I yeah. read the book three times. <laughs> it was supposed to be very simple things. But I had to read it three times and then the third time with the dictionary so that I could understand because they use various meanings. Everywhere, everything has its own language now. The computers is a certain language, but the phones... After after discovering the computers, I found I'm even better with phones. I 
I wrote them and you know. Yeah. What? So what was the name of the book you said? The Chaos Theory. Chaos Theory. Okay. And it's, it's it was you know it was it was meant for the masses and it was supposed to be easy to understand. But they, and they say words that sounded familiar to me but used in ways I didn't understand. And I finally got a dictionary and just read it and looked Worked for the secondary it. meaning for the word. Huh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay, but you are. I guess the the term for for your art form is beading or jewelry making. Is that right? Beading. Beading. And, and you and you make primarily necklaces or other thing bracelets. Well, I started making hats and hair combs now too. You know, really, really. I got mine on the table. I think I just took it out. Very cool. And and all around us here is. Uh, oh yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And all around us here are uh, beautiful trinkets and um, scissors and. Tupperware full of beads, and it's it's a little workshop in here. Uh, in addition yeah. to being your home, which is very cool. Yeah. So beautiful little trinkets everywhere, and you sell this stuff on eBay, I right? On eBay, and uh, my friend has a, a booth down on on Fourth Street. So this weekend, this weekend, last weekend, and she's been taking my stuff down. We're doing all right. It's still a little slow yet. They don't have much foot foot traffic because nobody's really, you know, advertising it for that for that space and that. So we're hoping we'll do a little better this weekend. Very cool. It's Mother's Day. Yeah, and and how did you come to? How did you discover beading? Uh, can you maybe walk us through that that moment where you were like, ah, this is something my that friend, I love. My friend was beading, and uh, I needed to be able to. I had just had a, a major epiphany in my life and a major change in my life, and I needed to to just settle all the nervous energy and all the stress. So she sat down a tray, sat me in a rocking chair, and gave me a bunch of beads. And then her wooden floor, she'd been bare for years and years living in this house, had in rays going out from the rocking chairs, there were beads embedded in the floor, it was a beaded floor from sitting doing that. And she said, now you focus. And she, told, she, she told me the basic rules, you know, you know how, to do, how to work the things, thank God, for crimps. Crimps is a, it's a bead that replaces that used to be a knot. <laughs> ah. <laughs> You're always a problem. That's a that's a really beautiful image. Uh, your friend's living room with the beads <laughs> coming out and raised. That's yeah. that's from this this chair. That's really interesting. Um, and so okay, so I want to bring us back to uh, a, a moment in your history. I know a little bit about your history, uh, and that is that you uh, were one of the more important figures of a community that once existed at the Albany Bulb. Is that right? Maybe right. you could um, maybe you could explain. Yeah, actually, we prefer the landfill. Oh, Nobody else right. called it a bulb. We prefer the landfill. We're landfillians. <laughs> that's right. And there's actually a great documentary uh, that you're in about that uh, community, a snapshot of that community called Where Do You Go When It Rains Outside? Yeah. Is that right? Where Do You Go When It Rains. And you can find that on YouTube. Um, but maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about what that community looked like. When I first moved out there, there was only 10 of us out there, and we were just far enough away so that if we yelled really loud, they could hear, you know. And there were the guys, and I was like one of the only two girls. And they, they, I had my own, own camp and my own. The guys would come by a couple times during the day and just make sure, you know, see if they get a cup of coffee or, you know, what was going on, just to make sure it was all right, but without impeding my freedom, you know. I had just come out of a really bad relationship, a really long and bad relationship, and it just just being free, just being out there and being free and not having all this weight on me anymore. I told I ended up homeless. It was his decision, it's not mine. What, what was the last part you said? I said, I told I ended up homeless. It was his decision, it's not mine. Right. Got me homeless. So, 
Um, but while you, while you were homeless, you you found your way to the only bulb. Maybe can you explain how you how you found the bulb and not somewhere else? My friend, my uh, a friend of mine took me out there, and he he just he just, he said he, this guy was leaving. He's going to leave this campus up, and he said I could, should stay, and and then he'd have to throw He's what he called the Council of Elders, which doesn't exist, by the way. It was just just in case that I was an asshole, then they they could kick me out to the Council of Elders, so they couldn't stay. <laughs> but uh. So, so I went and moved into camp. Well, the guy had, did not leave. And I woke up the next day with a strange man laying next to me and his dog at my feet and my dog at my feet. And they were getting along. I said, uh, uh, uh. He said, I'm Mike. I said, he said something about Mike. I said, no, Mike went to, my, my, Mike went to Nevada. He said, no, I'm Mike. I said, no, no, Mike is in Nevada. <laughs> so they had got me a tent and set a lion camp for me. They were fun. It was good. Everybody watched out for everybody else. And they slowly just grew. And they grew. And then towards the end, they started. As they, they close other homeless camps down and, and throw everybody out, they tell them go out to the bulb, go out to the bulb, go out to the bulb. Oh. And we had the who lived in the landfill and didn't, weren't very happy. People who got stay away from People's Park, they told them go out there, come out there. So we got all kinds of problems moved in alcohol and drugs and the, the, the garbage got in, got to be incredible. Very interesting. Now, in the, in the documentary that I saw, there was um, a library that was yeah, set a up. Library. Our library. Because the berry was covered with blackberries. Oh, which cool! Which called the library. Um, maybe can you tell me how that uh, came about? The library. Jim was going to set up a bar, and we didn't approve of the bar. Nobody did, and we had a long talk with Jim. But we decided the library would be better than the bar. <laughs> it graded out of boat parts that washed up on shore. You know, one in, in it was sort of was a folding, a fold out a little window with a shelf with you know in front of it. And this is going to he's, he's going to set up a bar and just sell drinks. So that wasn't going to happen. And where did the where did the books come from? Everybody donated. You, get, you know, they throw books out all the time. You find free books on the corners, every place, and that's what happened. And sometimes people would bring three and then take one out with them. You know, it was one of those things. So right, right. So we got around to the, not just us, but the people who came out to walk the dogs and, you know, that kind of thing. It was Very cool. Okay. There was also uh, a, 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 an outdoor kitchen that was set up that I remember you were a pretty that big part kitchen. of. That was my kitchen. That was my kitchen. That it was started out as a joke, that because the, the the sergeant just couldn't believe that we were getting so comfortable, you know, the, the police sergeant. So my friend Saint, who's who's this, who owns this RV and can let me stay down here, you know, he, he home, what do they call it, squatting on this property. Okay, and uh, he he got me a stove. He said he called me up like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. He's done on the way to work. He says, "I got your stove." I said, "Wow!" So I'm getting there, wild hair and wild pink hair and unmatching socks and you know cut off shoot, sweatsuit that are just below the knee and and just a mess. And he was and he's got he's got uh, uh, dreadlocks, you know, and and they just we were laughing our asses off. He got with a baby car with his stove in it and Mr. and Mrs. You know, normal America was walking their dogs and they could pass us. They'd look at each other and is that legal? I don't know if that's legal. And then we were having a blast. We're just, you know, we we make an odd couple looking friends, you know, an, an older an older white woman and white. I'm actually Indian, and uh, and and Saint. But he just cracked up. So then he got a refrigerator, a propane refrigerator for me. But but by the time we got, you know, and he got hardwood floor. Had a dumpster at the flooring place. He made me a hardwood floor. And a, tar and, a t and a roof on it, and I can still remember standing there with my bare feet on warm wood early in the morning. Wow! Yeah, yeah. My coffee, thinking, this is 
This is just fine. It looked like a very, very well set up kitchen from from the well footage. Got, so he's got one of those garages, you know, those, those like a carport yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, that that tent type. So that was that was ten by twenty by ten. So I put that in. I put my floor in, <laughs> and and we got we got a dining hall along with the kitchen. Right, and and I think I remember you mentioning that you you were people were helping kind of dumpster dive, find like uh, yeah, food. Oh my God. <laughs> I can cook. I mean, I can really cook. And when, you know, we, we, we did, our dogs ate like kings. We ate like gods. They'd go to, to Trader Joe's and get 20 filet mignons, you know. That were tossed out, but yeah. were still good. Yeah. Because they got too many for the, for the holiday weekend or whatever. And you, would, uh, you would do kind of big, big cooks, big yeah. meals for everybody? Is yeah. that kind of the deal? There's something, there's, there, I'm making uh, stuffed chicken, you know, white chicken fillets and stuffing in the, in the video. Everybody's there to eat. And so, like, while uh, you, 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 you even said you were homeless, and people would look at you and say you were homeless. Uh, in a way, you were, there was also a home there that oh, was we created, were a home. right? We had a community. We took care. Of, if I yelled for help, somebody came. Do you understand? Most girl, most women I know, I ask them, "Do you even know your neighbors? If you yell for help, is your neighbor going to come help you?" Because when there's no when it started to be more more people out there, we didn't allow domestic abuse either way. Either either the girl to him or him to her. You stop stop the violence, then they can they can talk. We didn't need to we, we police ourselves. We nobody nobody ever died out there. That didn't die of natural causes. They nobody ever 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 beat anybody there's no no assaults. There was no rapes, there was no none of those things happened. Very cool, and but uh, there was this dynamic that uh, that grew and grew. You mentioned that more and more people were were coming, and the yeah. dynamics were getting hard, and more and more quote unquote normal people were passing by in the on on their jogs and on their dog walks. Well, the first thing they did, I mean, I knew this is what I knew it was a year and a half before it started the eviction that we're going to have trouble because they took all the garbage cans out. So there was garbage cans for just like the public park yeah, aspect. Yeah, we were very very not considered about shipping it. You know, bag package up and set it so it wasn't overwhelming at any one garbage can. Mm. And, and, and we were doing quite well with it. The parks service guy apologized when he took the can. He said, I'm sorry, but they told me I have to do it. And so that, made, that automatically made the garbage go worse because you had to haul your garbage all the way out. And, it, and if you get caught putting it in somebody else's dumpster, it's a ticket. Now, that I just want to highlight that because um, we talk about people setting up their homes uh, wherever they can, uh, and we 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 go to these meetings with with politicians and business owners, and they they everybody is complaining about the trash. Uh, and here we have a community that had set set up something for themselves that was working, and the powers that be well removed the, the trash cans. First thing they did, I said, this is this is not a good sign. This is this is a problem. And then they came out the first time they tried to move us, and they and we 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 fought and we won. It was only like ten of us, like I said, when we were out there, and we we fought and we won. I did I, I did an interview for CBS News, you know. It caught me. I was coming back in from getting a shower. I saw he snuck out, and they're like, and the guy was the cameraman. His name was Randy, and the reason I did it was because my dog by that time is big now, and he was very very protective of me. Okay, without being vicious, he was just there was this big huge man had something on his shoulders, and he's talking to my to his people and he about had it with all these people that they're making my people making me cry, you know. So so he sat down on the ground 
So let's come right down next to him and show my dog how it works, how the tripod how the, how the camera works and everything else. And it was a good thing he was going to be on television. He could be on TV and tell everybody that they're making me, making me cry. <laughs> I got to cry now. Making me cry. So, uh, so, so that's why I did it because the man was kind enough to sit down and, be, and take and reassure my dog because he was big on top of it. He was big and he was bald and he was, and my dog said, "Okay, <laughs> that's just enough of that stuff." So I did a, I did a long interview for 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 them for th for that reason because he was just so good about it. Chomped the lights much of that. Okay, so that was <coughs> that was right around the time <laughs> of the <laughs> eviction. Because it was me with the pink hair and, and my dog, and we go down and people go, "Oh, there's that lady. Wasn't she on television? Then that dog doesn't say you on PB." And they uh, he's going to be on PB. He has no idea what TV is. <laughs> <laughs> but he yeah. just he's on TV it was important. The man said it was important to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. So you you and everybody else uh, were displaced. How many people roughly were pushed there out of the bowl? Seventy at that time there was seventy I think, and uh, there were it was a really bad thing. We started a lawsuit in federal court and an attempt to to bring some some relief to the homeless everywhere because the federal court rules in your favor it helps everybody everywhere so we did all this knowing that it wasn't going to work you understand but they wanted us to move out in october that's the beginning of the rainy season all right and it's bad enough we had to give up our homes and give up any comfort we, we had anyway that and our community but they wanted us to do it in october october 1st they wanted us to do it so our whole purpose in the in the fight and the, the, the protest and the, the whole bit was to stay until spring and it was April, April 4th that they finally, they finally threw us out. What year was that? Oh, God. What was that, 2014, I think? I think. Yeah. But, uh, I, I miss it all the time. We all knew each other. We, for the most part, you know, we had a few, few new characters here and there, but almost all of us knew each other, knew each other in you know, all different circumstances and for a very long time. So it wasn't like most homeless camps where you get lots of transients coming through or, or people that don't. We all knew each other. We all were basically friends, you know. You guys are much better friends out there. So what what was your sense? Maybe you could describe. I know it was 70 different people, and I'm, I yeah. I know you didn't know where everybody ended up, but what was your sense of where, how people well, figured it out? People pretty much kept in touch. Oh, okay. You pretty much know where everybody is. <laughs> okay, so yeah, maybe you can run down. I mean, you don't have to tell us all 70 uh, people, but, but what are some of the various ways that people went? five under the university freeway. There was, there was me here. There was Stan. He was, he was there, too. There was, there was originally two other people here that were there. April and them got a place to stay. Um, the people that they gave houses to, they gave houses to... They treated the the placement the placement as temporary. They the Berkeley Food and Housing promised to pay three months rent for my friend who gave her the house and all that. She was struggling with it. They only paid two. Two months rent. Yeah. Then you then that's it. They weren't going to get any more. You know. And you you straight out of luck is what the guy told them. You know. You, they they set them up to fail. They did. They they set them up to fail. Hmm. They were very. I am very angry at them. And I'll let that be that we said right here now. Berkeley Food and Housing got paid to not find people housing. Berkeley Permanent Housing. That's yeah. the name of the work. 
<clears throat> okay, so maybe we could just back up a little bit um, or zoom out kind of bigger picture because you, you're a person that has experienced homelessness and experienced how the city um, responds to encampments uh, in a very direct way. You have a lot of very personal experience with, with a lot of these issues that everybody's talking about. So I would love to hear from you just kind of bigger picture what, what these city power structures should be doing to address the issue. The issue of... Utah gave people housing. Right. Right. Housing Utah, first, they yeah. were 85% is down on the housing, and you, 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 there's jobs, uh, support available if you want it, and, and all, all kinds of tra- training and all kinds of stuff. But if you don't, you don't have to have it. You don't have to take it. You can just live, you know, and not be on the streets. They found that that was cheaper than having somebody on the streets and having to pay the medical and having to go to jail and... The, and unpaid tickets and court time and, and all that. So by the time they added it all up, it was much cheaper to pay the, pay the housing for people. And it worked, it, and it is working. And a lot of people got, they got to come up and, and, and find a job and find a, something new to do or, you know, that, that, was, that worked. <laughs> that was, that Thank was you. One of the other things, yeah. yeah, thanks for highlighting that. I, I, I read about that uh, example as well. Yeah, Utah doesn't have a homelessness problem. Yeah, as well far as I read, they give you shelter plus care here, which uh, which I had a certificate for. They took my certificate because they said I refused housing and I didn't. Okay, and this no is way in, in Utah. No, no, this is here. Oh, and the, 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 they pay they pay two hundred dollars below market rate of what they're offering. All right, for you to, p- to pay in rent. So with the housing market the way it is out here, and the the, the way the, sc- the the prices have gone through the roof, it's terrifying. It really is. They have they have what they call it. What they what did I say? They have made it impossible for the people who do the jobs to be here, you know. It's they want everybody to be, be rich and they have a bank account and they have, they have this. They don't want anybody common, let alone poor, you know, or trying to struggle and come up. It doesn't have that way. They come to renting apartments, four beds to a room, four beds to a three-bed apartment, and $1,200 a piece for the beds for students. No, I know. It's it's pretty That's ridiculous. Unre- unreal. Yeah. That is unreal. The housing the housing market is pretty ridiculous and and so people are finding their own ways to create yeah. the very basic need of, of housing um, and whether that lives within the, the arbitrary rules that are set up or it doesn't it, that, that's not important as long right. as like you a find a roof over your RV. home we ran, we ran and moved we originally came here but it, but it had, had a fine engine fire so it's a derelict RV we're in, a, in a, an abandoned not abandoned lot I'd say the city of Oakland owns it now okay city of and Oakland owns this lot yeah oh okay it, I didn't know that most of it we've had 10 people come and tell us we, they, they own the lot we have to move it they just said, mm-hmm. The first time it scared me, I was like, you know, no, I'm not scared anymore. There's been 10 different people combined and said they own this lot. This is actually was five lots for the guy who did buy a lot for Senko. He cut off half, he cut off a big piece of property. But it's five lots open. There is so much metal. This was a junkyard. There is so much, so much pollutant in the soil and stuff that it'd be outrageous to try and use this. They have to they have to get EPA approval, which is all kinds of land restoration. But first of all, if you dig more than six inches anywhere, you're going to find metal. <laughs> I Honest. <laughs> My friends every once in a while dig a pit and take, take the metal and, and recycle it. You know, scrap the metal, make the metal, make the, you know, $50 more metal. It's very interesting because you came from uh, a former landfill and yeah. you called yourselves the landfillians. Yes. And now here you are living in a, a former junkyard yes. that has uh, kind of been covered over with lots of 
always was a metal car parts. It was a worm farm. It was a. It was. A, it does have a spring. We have a spring. A, a spring. A well. A oh. spring. That's what the, the wooden structure is out behind me. The spring. Not the, the one over spring. by the on the, the by the fence the, there. No, that that way. Oh, I had a, I had no idea. Wow, that's amazing. That's this is one of the trees where the spring comes and rises above the ground. Okay, there's a mosquito. <laughs> so many times it's a mosquito. Yes. <laughs> Does it? Oh, is it? Is it ha- have a lot of mosquitoes there? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yay! Open water. <laughs> oh wow! Is there um, <coughs> is there a way to cap it off? Maybe. No, it's, it's, it's you're not allowed to because it's above the ground. It's, if the spring is coming out, it's fine. We just just deal with it. We just put a netting over it. So uh, they can't get in there and breed. Gotcha. Smart. There's a lot of what there's a lot of mosquitoes down there swipe down here in the bottoms anyway, swipe. Yeah. So maybe you could talk about um how, how some of the solutions well, I guess you did you did just kinda lay out what, what you how you, you've come to a housing solution here. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the um some of the setbacks of living this way. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking about just kind of the interactions or the fear of interactions with uh, neighboring um, houses in the area uh, or police well, contact. The house. All right. Yeah, so far. It's one of the, the reason it's still standing is because it's one of the shotgun houses that the, the railroad had for the black workers that came to live here. It's, part of it's, it's over 100 years old. It's, it's part the house on the property here. Yeah, the house yeah. on the, this little shack over there. It's, it looks... So now, so you go inside, and it's all paneled, and it's the wood. It's got woodworking all all around. It's really really pretty little bit of place. It's of course the, all the copper and all that stuff's been removed, but uh, there's there are people living up there. They're breaking into cars. I have a block from the house. They're totally crazy. So one of the neighbors came to my door one day. I was doing this. See, I'm, right now what I'm doing is moving bees around. I haven't actually done anything, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> he got. <coughs> <coughs> and he didn't get my dogs on. He got to there. He said, "He said, well, it doesn't look like you'd be the one breaking into cars." I said, "No, you should talk to the guys in that front house." <laughs> he said, "He said I didn't think you'd be involved in all that." And we, we talked for you know half hour, forty five minutes or so. And after that, nobody goes to bother with me anymore. You know, it's it's nice. I'm part of the neighborhood. The the guy at the cafe knows me by name, and the guy at the store knows me by name. So, you know. Really nice. Yeah, and and uh, you know I it I may be a bad neighborhood, but it's a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood, not a not a, not a not a war zone like so. It's like East Oakland sometimes. Yeah, it's a neighborhood. Yeah, and and police have have been by here and yes. and they haven't they haven't found a way to force you out, which is amazingly no, great. Because because we give really give them no reason except for those guys that were living in the front and they, they neighborhood, the neighbors neighborhood pressured them until they were gone uh, and they left there's no problems with that because they don't have any problems because I'm not going to go break into a car and steal from my neighbors if I, if I had to steal it wouldn't be from my neighbors <laughs> I got some sense of some sense you know, I, I, and I told these guys I said you're going to you're going to get the neighborhood against you and you do not want that not the way you're living and because they can't see us because we got this this what is it, thirteen foot fence surrounding the place? They can't see us, so we're not a nice over them. The stain has been cleaning the yard. It was 
unbelievable. Ten foot high and twenty feet out from the house, surrounded. Inside the house, he had six inches to move, and was to the ceiling. The garbage. He's, he's done pretty well in the yard. It's really, really good. It now. looks great. It looks really great. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. I'm telling you, unbelievable. Yeah. So <laughs> you bring up a great, a great point, and that is the that is the junk, the trash. This is like a classic kind of. Uh, sticking point or sword point when we talk about these issues of people living in RVs or living in encampments. Uh, often we know that the, there's a lot of people that are doing illegal dumping and then it gets blamed on the people that are living on the streets uh, or in RVs. That's why St. Louis at right now is living outside of his RV because he's going to stop them. Every time they get clean and they get all the plants cut down, you know, get all the nice out there, so they come and dump 10 tons of furniture and stuff like that. No, he's staying at the kitchen. <laughs> right now, yeah. So, how would you how would you conceive of a of a of a better way or a solution to just well, removing the, the junk? Camps, if they gave the camps bathrooms and they gave the camps garbage, you know, the city wouldn't have to complain. They see that's how they have to get them moved and that people get get. It's just harassment. It's a, it's a it's a it's a form of harassment to not give these things to you see this group of people they're going to have to be here don't you want to see don't you want them where you can watch them don't you want them to see what, they, what they're doing you give them bathrooms that causes all the problems they, I, I get really really aggravated you know they say, oh it always smells like urine around this well they have no bathrooms to use they have none here they have none there. there's one downtown bathroom that's yeah. open you know yeah. and people park and they close that at night and then also I mean the, there's the reality you know I, you I, people I, want to be pissing and shitting on the street right totally totally yeah, yeah that's that's a no-brainer it seems like but I, th I think there's also a reality of like when you're living when you're willing to live in a small space um, which I do and you do we both realize that like uh, we we run up against the fact the real the hard reality of the limited space and we we choose to live this way uh, but but we d it there is often moments where you have more stuff than you can store <laughs> and yeah, 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 and and so <laughs> it's uh, it's just like a natural thing. Is like you tend to run up against this, and you tend to have more stuff, and and uh, and then you have needs to get rid of it. And so I guess what I'm getting at is like what what are some some ways like resources or um, systems that could w could work better? Because I know like I know you're up against it. I'm up against it. We're all up against like you need to pay some. You need to pay often. You need to pay to get rid of your your trash, yeah. uh, and it's not even just like regular city trash, like a, a trash bin, but like bulk trash. Yeah, well, all this is rotten furniture and uh, unbelievable what we've been stored, and it's getting so much better. Just you're dealing with your regular trash. If you unless you make uh, make an arrangement with somebody, let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything you say Talk that to the garbage man that does your street. Yeah. Tell him, hey, look, I, you know, I, 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 I. I uh, I'm, my friend baked a, baked a pie for him once. He, he did, we did that once. We did this. He said, we'll give you, we'll give you five bucks or so. Will you take your bag to go over to the, the we, we live across the street from the waste management. <laughs> Which, uh. we, it, it, to allow this to get this way and live this close to a place that deals with the garbage and they, and they want the neighborhood clean, then cooperate with us. You know, show a couple of people around the neighborhood when they, their trash cans aren't filled. He goes around with garbage and puts them on t inside the trash cans. This sort of dumpsters, it, the store is going to be closed. And the garbage man is coming with this much space left, just going overfill it and get them, you know, get them half yeah. filled, overfilled. 
and they, they'll do it. People will cooperate if they see that you're not causing a problem. Right. If you're trying to be a part of the solution, they want you to be a part of the solution. And maybe like maybe you can explain. I know for me, um, for me, there is like you want to live cheaply. You see something well, I mean, on I'm the side. Fixed income. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just gonna say, like, I know for me at least, and maybe it's different for you, but for me, uh, uh, you see something on the street that, and you're like, oh, I could use this. Yeah. You know, some like cabinet or something, oh, and yeah, so you bring it, too. you bring it home, and then, you, and then you bring a couple more of those, you know, and then you don't actually use it, and yeah. and then it builds up. But maybe, yeah. So, so there is also a need for that I bulk. Tell them like this. Yeah. You're never gonna see that. I wait, wait, wait. You pick it up. And you bring it home. Then you go, throw it away, give it away. <laughs> right. Throw it away, give it away. You got to teach them how to do it because they don't know how to do it. Right, right. <laughs> and is that kind of the dynamic here? Because yeah, there, we, there is a lot of there is a lot of big things that you can't put away in a bin. Once you know. You have so much space. All you can do is say, that's it. Now, if something has to go, and around here, three things have to go if you can bring something in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I keep it down to a to a dull roar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This uh, this has no space, <laughs> none, yeah. no storage space, none. Okay, uh, now I'd like to get into. We're running close to time, but I'd like to get into some practical, uh, s some practical questions, uh, if if it's okay with you. And if, and if we get into any territory that that you don't want to yeah. use, we can we I'll edit it out. But um, yeah, I, I kind of want to just like go through like the solutions that you found. So, um, how do you go to the bathroom in this in this home? In this home, I, I have a chemical toilet in the bathroom. My friend takes it to her house or, or empties it or to the park. You know, a, a chemical toilet? Yeah, you know, a little chemical toilet. A little, you find, you take camping. So, okay, so it's like a camping toilet. Okay, yeah, that's a, a very little, a clever solution. Okay, so yeah. it's like a it's like a portable toilet. It's, it's right. like a porta potty of sorts, but yeah, you can but move it's it. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little tiny one. You can, you can, you can get them for any, any range in price from $49 to $300. But this is, you know. That's what I do. The bathroom we have no place to enter the tank because it doesn't move anymore. There's no yeah. There's no sewer. There's no sewer line here, right? No, there's no sewer line. So you there's no pipes. <laughs> they took all the pipes. How do you um so so how often do 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 you have to um empty that that usually chemical toilet? Usually once a week. Sometimes you know you know not well or something. Maybe twice. But usually about once a week. And, and you have a friend that that goes and and yeah. takes it to a yeah. Cause she because she she drives and she goes and takes it. We take it to the to the you know one of the open park bathrooms, uh -huh. you know, and go in there and empty it down there. And make sure we you know we don't make a mess so that nobody complains about us doing it. Right. You know, because you put it in a porta potty, you're taking away from people using that porta potty. Right. So we, we try to find this couple places that the bathroom is open. You know, we go in and we, we empty it and, and make sure you're clean. So that's a big thing. Make sure you're clean. Don't leave a mess behind. If your dumpster dive, don't leave a mess behind. No matter how much mess you make getting through the dumpster, put it put it all back. Leave it clean. Leave it better than you found it. Right. You know? Always say thank you. <laughs> just just things like that. Be try try to try to try to think of the, how the other person sees you and how you're seen. You you're grateful for getting free bread or free free food or free weather. But so be be smart enough to be, to be to show your gratitude by leaving, not leaving a mess, not not leaving, not breaking anything, not not breaking the locks off, or breaking they they good for that. Right. Um. Yeah. That's very very yeah. important. So just, just that way. Get, get, how would you like to be treated? You know. 
Right. How would you wish you'd you be treated? That's a, that's a real good rule for anything you're going to do. Right. How's this going to affect somebody else? Okay, so, so and then how do you deal with water? Because you said there's no pipes here. How do you get fresh water here for washing up and drinking, cooking? The people and in the neighborhood, a lot of them use their water. I'm not going to say who because. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So so a neighbor, what, runs a hose to you? No, no, no. We could pull five-gallon uh, chugs. Five-gallon chugs. Once in a great while, we use a hose to rinse down the RV or something that needs to wash down out in the yard, whatever. But no, usually it's just five-gallon jugs. I rinse them with bleach and 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 uh, and uh, light coal. I rinse them really, really well, so that so they don't get any mold in them because they're real good for getting mold. So we're talking about those big jugs that you put yeah. on a water cooler type yeah. thing. Okay, you fill up those. And then how do you? I see a uh, so it looks like a little propane gas camping stove here. Yeah, butane stove there, and butane I got stove. one outside. Got an oven. It's propane outside. Like propane stove outside. It's outside. It's got an oven and that kind of stuff. It's not just for heating water. It's a little butane stove for heating water and that kind of thing. For real cooking, serious cooking, I I got a propane stove outside. Okay, cool. And uh, no f no fridge, right? No, I use I I don't buy food in bulk anyway, so there's no sense in. And there, there would be no no need for it. That's what happened with the refrigerator I had at, at the landfill. We didn't need it. Oh, uh, really? We didn't buy food like that. Yeah. And how do you how do you kind of what is the food situation? Uh, Here is not nothing like it was there because we don't have the, the resources. Not even a grocery store in West Oakland. Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. Um, come on, we do, we only the only grocery store we had was the dollar store, <laughs> and it closed. Right. Well, there is the co-op, Mandela Food Co-op, which is awesome, but it is small. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah, is. We have a grocery store. So there's my friend even calls this the most inconvenient place. <laughs> yeah. It's inconvenient. So how, So what is the solution that you find? Because you do have to eat. You do have to survive. How well, do you... Usually she goes to the dollar store or something. If, we want, if I want something in particular, somebody go to the store for me because I don't get around very well. I, I fell and hurt my knee very badly. Very badly. And I fell again and hurt it again. So I'm a little slower now. But that... that it's okay. Everybody, if you're if you're right with people and you treat them right, they treat you right too. That's when I said this is a neighborhood. That I don't care the water because I can have a real hard time holding that the five dollar guy who lives on the tax comes over and he gets water for me because he's he says you don't have to do this. I I feel so bad sometimes. He goes don't feel bad, Casey. It's my thing to do. It's my putting back. Right. Yes. I go for that. Hey, 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 Spanish, you've had enough of me. I wonder if that's who you think she was talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think she heard when you were, when you were uh, talking about your knee, she heard like uh, some dis some emotion in your voice. She's so old now. She is, if you read a personal bodyguard, she's a, the Australian stubby-tailed catalog comes highly recommended. Yeah. She, is, she used to do aerials, you know. She was sitting in front of, she used to got a couch, and somebody laying on the couch. I was in the doorway. The guy knocked an eyeglass case off. Floor hit the floor. She did one and a half gainers, was on the back of the couch and ready for him. Wow. She didn't like planes flying with three miles up, flying over her property. She is, <laughs> she's quite wow. she, but she's not, she's, she always scares me because she acts all crazy, but she doesn't go crazy. Yeah. She's not crazy about it at all. She does what she's told. She listens, you know. Getting more honor now. Yeah. Slower to do what she's told, but she's thirteen. You know. Yeah, totally. Okay, Casey. A uh, few more questions, and then we okay. should wrap up. Um, okay, so what do you do about heat uh, when it gets cold in the in the winter? 
I have two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> two Cuddle dogs and little blankets. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it, it's really, really cold to keep the dampness off. I'll light a candle or two. I yeah. have them. I, the dogs know about candles. We had the, the candle lesson. And I'm very careful about them. I yeah. never put them in something stupid like a plastic lid or, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just very dumb things. I've knocked on wood. Five years, your candles heat up. Because a, a, a candle or three will keep the, the RV from being a chill. Because it's, it's, it's yeah. horrible chill and damp. And that that does it every time. That'll take you down every yeah. time. Okay, and and what is your favorite part about your home here? Your favorite place or favorite aspect of of your home? I don't answer to anybody. If I want to sit, if I want to sit up, I you know, just like last night, I was up late beating. I had a screen door open, the dog, and all this going. Nobody hassles me. Nobody bothers me. Nobody tells me, hey, be quiet down there and stomps on my, my ceiling or pounds on the floor with, with a broomstick to tell me my music's too loud or, 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 and, you know, if I don't want to be bothered with anybody, I close my door. And I don't have to be bothered with anybody. That's very, very good for me. Yeah, that's nice. That's beautiful. You're master of your own domain. Yes. And then uh, I guess my final question is just a, just kind of a, um, uh, a visioning exercise. Just uh, an imaginal imagination um, uh, exercise of if you had all the resources and all the uh, power to produce your perfect oh ideal no, I'd be home. A maniac. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, no, I don't mean I don't mean what you would, what you would do, but but that's no, that's good. I appreciate the honesty, but but uh, but the perfect home. If you could paint the picture of the perfect home for you. The warehouse broken into. Living living spaces, um, you know, so very private, soundproof, very so quiet, you know, that kind of thing, and have a community, a community kitchen, and a, and I want a, I want a pool and a hot tub, and I have a plans for it. I really do have plans for it. So we would do a a, a family shelter, an emergency. Anybody gets it, and then in the morning we could resolve the problems. If they if these people are continuing the problem because of alcohol, we can send them to programs that help with the alcohol problem. There's, you know, and people that are that are like well, like me and like you, and just need a place to live inexpensively. And 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 I want to be part of a community, but I don't want to be living with anybody having you know right up on my butt, you know, and, and those in my business. I don't I don't want that. This could be especially if it would be the landfill with a roof. And it was really really cool. It was very private there, very personal, and it, and it was really, it was really cool. We didn't interfere. We didn't we didn't we didn't unless. Every, it was just this willing thing. Nobody got together and just said, "Hey, I'm going to go over here and have to be drunk and be partying." And, you know, called Casey kind of, kind of grief or anything. Nobody did that kind of thing. I like that with the roof. I have it. I had it planned. So, it. like It'd the be land, be supported. Let take it be supported by recycling. We recycling. would take it 24/7 for two cents less than the market price. Oh, so there would be a recycling uh, processing center on the site. Yeah, that's for the warehouse. Warehouse with a yard and stuff like that, but this one almost no warehouse. That's a that's a really beautiful idea. I like that a lot. Yeah. So so what I'm hearing is like is a community yeah. similar to the landfill yeah. and feel, mm -hmm. but with a little bit more security of uh, roofs over our heads and um, the the security that you know you can't get pushed off by police yeah. uh, at at some point. Um, no, they're making it very difficult because of the ghost ship fire. Right, right, right. right. Really hard about warehouses. And then also uh, a a way for an inc income to come 
to the to community, support the community to help to support the community. Yeah, we didn't have to worry about the George should pay his rent this month. So I said we can wait on George till next month because we got it covered with the with the money from this. And uh, there would be a every three months there would be a new head of household. Ah, and interesting. The head of household has a veto power. All right, on over everything, you got to bring everything to the table, and it takes a unanimous vote to get somebody moved in. Takes that the same thing to to get somebody moved out. So you get, you get between meetings, you be campaigning. The head of household is the guy who settle all the problems. So the, the plumbing's not working, and this, and the guy get gas bills late. And after they did their three minutes, I bet they wouldn't be in a hurry to be head of household. But everybody over the age of 16 head of household. I like that. Okay, well, maybe on our next uh, discussion, we can talk a little bit more about governance, because that's something uh, that I've been really interested in exploring a lot more. We didn't let things become a problem out of the landfill. We did not let them become a problem. Because if it became a problem, that would be bring the police in and bring the community and get them involved, the, the outside community involved. We didn't want that. We kept it, we kept it to a dull roar all the time. You know, the, the kids used to come out there and party all the time, and somebody was watching them. Do you understand? The reason there was no rapes and no assaults or anything, even amongst the kids that came out to the party, was because there was somebody watching them, whether they knew it or not. Uh-huh. Somebody was supervising the parties. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go the next morning, pick up any broken glass. And <laughs> whoever had to do the night before got to get the recycling out of the party. Get, you know, right. Kept everything cool. That's very interesting. So a lot, a lot was lost. Uh, not only people's homes, but but a service uh, when when the landfill landfillians okay, were uh, displaced. They're, they're, they're all our children. Those are, those are, those are, you know, that's, a, that's my future congresswoman and, and, and the, the, the garbage man and my future, and that, that's who the kids are. They're all ours. They're not yours. Those children aren't yours. They may be your, part of your family, maybe this. Those ch- that children are our future, all of our future. Yeah, well said. Okay, any, any closing thoughts on all this, Casey, uh, before we close out? Yeah. Give somebody a hand. Pay it forward. Give somebody, give somebody a hand. Don't not, not expecting anything back, or not expecting that they that they had to work, or they had to do this, do that. Just do something. They need wool socks, and they need blankets, and they need they clean socks are a blessing all the time, you know. Or they need, you know, just keep this in mind. You see it? Don't throw it away. Don't send it to the landfill. You know, go out and see if somebody needs it. There's plenty of people all over the place. You find them under the freeway. You find them alongside the road. You find them panhandling. You find, you know, find them just living. Just don't waste. We waste so much as a nation. It, it, it horrifies me. It does. Absolutely horrifies me. I used to go there and come, come, go home and make, make a vegetable of 15 different vegetables. I, I didn't buy any of them because I threw them all away. They weren't pretty enough to put on the shelves. They weren't pretty enough. So we are a wasteful nation. That's very well said. Yeah, the story of stuff. Um, yeah, meanwhile, some people just need a few of these things. And you want to cure this problem? You want to cure it? Stop buying. Stop. Buy what you need, absolutely need. Forget about buying a new CD player or a new... Don't buy anything. If we all stopped buying for 90 days, they would stop. This would shit would turn around quick. It's a very interesting idea. Yeah, a massive uh, consumer boycott. Okay, thank you so much, Casey. How can people find uh, your artwork? Uh, uh, I am... Uh, I am... Uh, what is it? Kate nine on on eBay. Can you say Kate that? Kate nine on eBay. Kate nine on eBay. Yeah. And uh, you say good. See my stuff. A few things to my girlfriend's Rodeo Drive closet. You know, she's my my high maintenance girlfriend. 
Yeah, my head made it in front. She's, she's been getting rid of some of her extra clothes and stuff. They're on their tube, and I got some bees that, you know, in swarms for sale. But yeah, my pieces are up there. I turn them on. We're having a big sale right now, a clearance sale from, from, from spring, and, uh, and, and specials for Mother's Day as well. Hold on, it's it. And the, and the market that you sell at, uh, in Berkeley, where? It's on 4th Street. 4th Street. And I'm sharing her space with April, and she's got beautiful mobiles. Beautiful, made of natural, uh, natural stone and 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 driftwood, and that they're really, really pretty. Beautiful. So I got a few things up there. Okay, thank you so much, Casey. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The music is by Paul Simon and Lady Smith Black Mambaso from the Graceland album, one of the greatest albums of all time. This podcast is inspired by the work of Tiny Logic. For more information, visit tinylogic.ninja.